This interview was supported by an unrestricted educational grant from Beatrice. Beatrice had no role in the selection of the topics or the selection of the speakers and has not vetted or reviewed the content of any of the interviews. The views expressed by speakers are their own and may not necessarily represent the views of the IMS. Hello, I'm Dr. Marla Shapiro and I am on the Board of Trustees of the International Menopause Society. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Catherine Riach, who is going to talk to us about menopause in the workplace. Welcome, and can you please tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, my name is Kathleen Reid. I'm a professor of organisation studies in Adam Smith Business School at the University of Glasgow. And for the past uh, 20 years, I've been researching ageing and gender in the workplace. And that includes looking at uh, menopause in and around work. And as well as my, my day job researching that, I also sit on advisory panels for the Scottish National Women's Health Plan and the British Standards Institute as well. And I'm also a UK delegate for the G20 Engagement Group for Gender Equality. All right, so nobody better to talk to us about menopause and the workplace, which certainly is gaining momentum now. We see around the world more of an attention about menopause in the workplace. So first walk us through why this has become an issue that is having its moment in time. Well, for a long time, women have gone through menopause whilst undertaking forms of work. So that might be unpaid domestic work, it might be caring responsibilities, and latterly it's in the more contemporary workplace setting. But it's only really been in the past 10 years that we've begun to pay serious attention to that relationship between menopause and work. And um, now this is partly because of a significant number of women now being in the workplace, and we know the huge economic contribution that they make. Um, but it's also about women being increasingly in positions of authority and power and voice where they actually feel confident to begin talking about their experiences. So what we see is this broader move towards a recognition of diversity in the workplace. And it's not this kind of one fit size all male breadwinner approach that is really going to make sure that we get the best out of people um, in the workplace. But we also know that actually we need people working for longer and we need them to work meaningfully and enjoy work for longer. So we need to really understand why we see these um, a huge amount of women in midlife cutting down on hours, stepping off the career path or, or even leaving the labour market altogether. And some of the studies have pointed to that actually it's menopause and inhospitable environments that uh -huh. making that happen. So really we're looking at a direct correlation between menopause and work. So as we look at this relationship, um, although women are a little bit more comfortable talking about this, there are pretty big challenges here that employees face in the workplace through menopause. So what are the biggest challenges that they face? Well, the biggest challenges I think that, that women face in the workplace is that there's still huge stigma and shame surrounding menopausal transition. So we know that this is a really committed um, sector of the workforce. We know that this is a hugely resilient and experienced uh, labour and talent supply that we have. But time and time again, we're hearing stories that workplaces are unsupportive towards women, are inhospitable towards women, and are unaccommodating and listening to what might be very small accommodations that they need made. So I think the key challenge here is that ongoing stigma surrounding menopause that is, of course, associated with what we would call gender ageism. And gender ageism is when we have the combined effects of ageism towards mid to later life people and gender in terms of bias towards women coming together where we see women who are going through menopause as being either invisible um, or hyper visible and problematic. 
So when this, this is the kind of cultural backdrop where women are kind of entering the workforce or trying to work through it, it's unsurprising that women are finding a huge amount of stigma and shame when, when experiencing menopause. So what are the most impactful things that the workplace can do to support employees that are in menopause? And menopause is not a doorway that we go through. The symptoms of menopause may last for years. So this is an ongoing issue for women, not, not just a moment in time. Absolutely. Well, I think what we've actually found from research, we've been undertaking research for you know over 10 years in, in my research team here. And what we find is really the, the most impactful thing that organisations could do is first of all, start thinking about women is not kind of something that, you know, a problematic sector of the workforce or that, you know, every woman's going to have huge challenges. But actually, these are people that want to work. And actually, what we're doing in organisations is we're putting up huge barriers to recruiting and retaining. So we need a real change mindset towards women being highly resilient and committed workforce. But once we've actually done that, we need to actually start educating. So it's about education and awareness, particularly line managers. So what we know is line managers make a huge difference to women's menopausal experience at work. We know that if they have high supervisor support, then that actually is independently associated with lower menopausal symptom reporting. In other words, when menopausal employees feel supported, symptoms are not perceived as so bothersome in the workplace. So making sure that our line managers know what menopause is, what some of the symptoms are, and also accommodation is not simply about, you know, huge changes, but actually acknowledging this is a, a, a concern and being able to work through it proactively. So what, aside from acknowledging it, what are some of the accommodations that the lay manager can make? What type of accommodations are we looking for them to be open to? Well, a lot of those, what we call micro accommodations, that is kind of low resource, but high impact um, solutions are really and things that are good for everyone. So for example, instead of having meetings that are standard an hour, why are we not making them 50 minutes? So we have you know, a, a time for a bio break, time for people to take a break, um, time for people to kind of step away and be able to kind of attend to any kind of uh, concerns or any kind of encounters or episodes that they have. But it's also about making sure that women feel that this is something that they can work through. So maybe for example, if they need to access a fan to help with razor motor symptoms, and how do they access the fan? And I always tell the story that, you know, we had this anecdote in research where we had one person who had to fill in three forms, wait three months, disclose their menopause to three different people, and she finally got her fan. And then we had someone else who basically had to ask their manager the next day, it's on their, their desk, no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Both women got the fan, but which one do you think felt most validated and valued right. as Absolutely. an employee? And I think it's really about making this not as a case that menopause is a problematic issue. It's something that we can work through in those hospitable cultures and really change the conversations that we have around menopause in the workplace. So finally, for our healthcare practitioners who have joined us today on this very important topic, what is it that they can do to support women in work through menopause um, and make this journey easier for them? Well, I think the most important thing they can do is really recognise how much both women and their employers rely on them to tell them about menopause. You know, so we see employers time and time again asking for evidence of menopause uh, or menopausal symptoms from the, the woman or the employee's healthcare provider. So being aware that, you know, they will be called upon in letter or in other forms to really tell them and guide the um, employee and the employer as to what they can do. 
I think it's also about making sure that um, healthcare providers, when they have that conversation with women around menopause, being aware of what kind of job are they doing? You know, what are the actual aspects of their job that they may be finding easier or harder? Because we know that different workplace environments can make a huge difference to menopausal symptoms and menopausal experiences. So not just thinking that women comes to their healthcare provider as a menopausal woman, but as a worker who has particular environmental conditions and demands on their jobs, and being able to work through the approach to menopause with those in mind would be fantastic. I think it's so important because the way you put this really reminds us that we need to reframe women in terms of their holistic experience, not only at home, but in the workplace and how they feel in the workplace and their productivity is very important for their general health as well. It works both ways. Absolutely. I think the key thing here is what we want to do is make sure that, you know, we know that women will work through the menopause. They, they will engage with the labor market, but we want to actually make that an affirming experience and making sure that we have a really productive, really engaged workforce and it feels that not only that they have to work, but that they want to work and they want to make that economic and that social contribution. Well, thank you so much for joining us to discuss this important topic today. Thank you.